Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Chicken says, I could have done as much for the state of Texas last week as the governor did. And for crying out loud, I'm a rubber chicken. Oh, man. Yes, siree. Welcome to Lewis Black's Rantcast 31, entitled, When the Going Gets Tough, Ted Cruz Goes to Cancun. Yeah, you could be running for his position, rubber chicken. We'll talk about it sometime. It could be the senator. You could be. You certainly wouldn't have left to go to uh, Cancun because they won't give a rubber chicken a passport. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How fucking dumb is he? The shit hits the van and he gets on a plane with his family? And he's, I'm really sorry I felt when I got there, boy, I may be making a mistake because somebody took a picture of you, numb nuts. That's why you thought. Because one of your kids probably went, oh, daddy, look, somebody put you out on a post that said you're taking a vacation and it's freezing. It's unbelievable to me. He's got a, a law degree from Harvard. Good God, Harvard. Are you, how, how did that happen? 
You guys got no common fucking sense whatsoever. Huh? Did you steal it all while he was memorizing shit? Is that what happened to it? For crying out loud, if the state of Texas can't recall him, which I don't think they can, the least you could do is take away his law degree. I'm a fucking leaveable. Then he says, well, you know, um, I was once I got there, I was only taking the kids down there. Well, that was bullshit. Then we find out that his wife was texting people because that comes out in the newspaper because they basically said, no, she was uh, she was sending them things out so they could go to the Ritz in Cancun. <laughs> the Ritz, the hotel named after a cracker. Ah, ah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then goes back. Then running around getting photo ops. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I was just, no, no. Inexcusable. Beyond disturbing. The Senator of the United States. The one who was, you know, standing up in the Senate two weeks before that, ranting and raving that an election had been stolen. Are you fucking kidding me? What level of leadership do you display at all? Huh? And to who? I'm going to hand out water now. I wonder, does he find, I guess he's got a vaccination. He probably got the first vaccination. You know, pop through the line. Probably snuck around. I just, look, all I know is when stupid people, really stupid people, do really stupid things and try to act as if they weren't being stupid and it makes them look stupider than really what they're doing in the end is commenting on their own stupidity. So for me to comment on their stupidity is really kind of even stupid that I'm I'm being drawn into their stupidness. They've done it themselves. Ted Cruz, as soon as he got as soon as he got on that plane, that picture of him, it, you know, that kind of oh, I got caught look. That was all the commentary that was needed. That and then let's flash back to these folks who were trying, who were huddled up trying to get some fucking heat in Texas because, boy, oh, boy, Governor Abbott's too busy down there on the ground going, oh, boy, it's the fault of this green energy people. Boy, yeah, they're the ones. It's the Green New Deal. I think he blamed it on the Green New Deal, which doesn't even exist. Doesn't even exist. It's a thought. It's a concept, okay? You know, it's an idea, like a bunch of other ideas that people have. And he's blaming that. That was the problem. It was the it was the windmills or whatever, like the same thing that uh, the former leader used to talk about. All oh, those windmills. Oh, give me a break, okay? You know they knew from the beginning. It's sixteen percent, eighteen percent of this. Maybe whoever knows. It's got nothing to do with the fact that they had made a, a huge error, and they knew it years ago. And people tried to tell them years ago from the very beginning. When they decided, well, we're not going to be a part of the the great American concept of, you know, let's unite and have a, uh, a regulated uh, power grid, you know, that we all follow the same rules because, no, we don't need them in Texas. No, not down here. We got our own rules. We got all the oil, so we're never going to run into trouble or whatever the fuck they were thinking with their idea of exceptionalism. That's the new word for it. The new word for hyper stupid. And it's not the people of the state, it's the leadership of the state. Really remarkable. Oh, right, we've got these places coming and we're going to give everybody a bargain. You know, once we do it this way, it's going to be cheaper this way. Here's what you learn from cheaper this way. 
Okay, the lesson is taught over and over and over again. When you make the decision, we're going to save money. Usually what it means is when the shit hits the fan, which it will, because you save money, the shit will hit the fan a lot harder than it should have, and you will be paying much more money, way, way more money than it would have been for them to have allowed themselves to be federally regulated so that, oh, the pipes might have worked. Oh, so that they could have energy, so they could get it from other states, so they could sell their energy to other states, and that we have to sit down and learn this fucking lesson in energy because one state, maybe Hawaii doesn't have it. They should have hooked up with Hawaii. Surprised they didn't run a thing underground, run it under the ocean. And through, uh, he could have said, that's what Ted could have said, I'm in Cancun making sure that the pipe to Hawaii is working. Fucking unbelievable. It doesn't matter with these people. And it wasn't enough that the governor uh, has to, to go off at the mouth and provides really, as far as I could tell, no help. Got AOC coming down there, right? That must have shocked the shit out of a lot of people. They didn't expect that. What is she doing here? Oh, boy. She must be giving money to try to make everybody become a socialist. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Because that's what we do. Because that's what a lot of people in Texas would do. If there was a a huge tornado in, uh, let's say, Missouri or Oklahoma, they'd hop in their cars and go help. That's what she did. She went down there. She collected money and went down there. I was getting emails about it. Unbelievable. Governor, uh, the, the former energy czar, <laughs> the, head of the, the head of the Department of Energy, because he's, it was the former governor of Texas. So I guess he knew about oil, which is why they picked him. Governor Rick Perry ran for the presidency because uh, they thought, wow, uh, I guess it's because the people of Texas went, get him out of here. He's jogging with a gun in his pants. <laughs> Who does that? You know, Governor Perry, who couldn't remember stuff during the debates, country, or I think it was uh, some of the departments, uh, like the State Department or something, I can't remember. It was extraordinary that he was running. Got those glasses so he looked smarter. But uh, he said, in response to this, the guy who's, who, who supposedly is supposed to know energy says, Texans would be without electricity for longer than three days to keep the federal government out of their business. Try not to let whatever the crisis of the day is take your eye off of having a resilient grid that keeps America safe personally, economically, and strategically. What are you talking about? Yeah, America was safe, the rest of the country. Had some problems in other places, I'm sure. I'm sure you told everybody about those problems, Rick, at your dinner parties, wherever your little warm generated house of warmth was. Wow. Take it. Texans would be without electricity for longer than three days to keep the federal out of there. No, it's not their business. It's but to keep the federal government from helping. That's what happens from time to time. Okay, that's why you have a federal government. Okay, yes, states have certain things that states want to do. Yeah, I get it. But there's a lot of things we all want to do together, and that's when the federal government comes into play. All right. They're not trying to fuck you, Rick. You were a part of that government. That's what you were. You thought it was so shitty, you took a job in it. What, to dismantle it? Is that what your eye was? Huh? No, instead, you, you relied on ERCOT or ERKIL. Urk, Urkel. That's what they should have called it, Urkel. 
Oh, what a little joke there from Lou. <laughs> the energy company, Urkel. Yeah, they came up with Urquhart and 25 other companies, didn't they, Rick? 25 other companies to save people money were involved in that. And I don't even understand how these people just got, you know, if, the, if it was uh, in good times, it was cheap. In bad times, it's expensive. I can't remember. But people were getting bills $16,000. You got a credit card. You know, you're one of those people who, uh, you know, there's certain bills are hooked up to their credit card. People, $16,000, it couldn't even cover it or out of their bank account. Took away their uh, mortgage payments for like two years. It's 16000 bucks. Are you fucking kidding me? $16,000 took it, did it during the time period. These people are freezing the fucking, they're freezing their nuts off. Are you kidding me? That's the time. Wait, what did they go to the Ted Cruz, Rick Perry, Governor Abbott school of common sense? The rubber chicken fucking knows more. You kidding me? Don't send the check down, you know, wait a couple of months. Right? Fucking cruise, wait. Don't hop on the plane. Wait. All you had to do was wait three days. Then sneak off, asshole. Do a couple of photo ops, you idiot. Nobody on your side can't even. 16,000 bucks. Boy, you pay that much for energy. That ought to include people who are massaging every part of your body every day for a fucking month. Just to keep you warm. That's what you, ERCOT ought to provide it. We're going to save you money. They're like nine, ten different things. I can't wait to see how they get this paid for. And the fact of the matter is, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you know, Mr. Former Governor Perry, Mr. Governor Abbott, fucking, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, and you're bitching about the federal government. When the shit hits the fucking fan, oh, oh, could you bring some of that federal money down here? Could you help us out? Wow. You're lucky people live there because we wouldn't bring those, we wouldn't bring that money if it was just the three of you. I don't think so. And then Rick Perry goes on just to wrap this up. If Rick, if wind and wrap him up for a while, if wind and solar is where we're headed, the, the last 48 hours ought to give everybody a real pause and go, wait a minute. And go, wait a minute. We need to have a base load. And the only way you can get a base load in this country is with natural gas, coal, and nuclear. Yeah, that worked out. That really worked out, didn't it? Uh-huh. Sure did. That worked out really well, your base load, your pant load. I'm befuck. And finally, uh, but the most spectacular of all of them, the kind of mindset that makes Texas and, and those of us who watch it, you know, and once again, the leadership of Texas, because I have friends there and I love performing there. I was just talking to a friend today about Fort Worth. It's one of the great rooms, the Bass Hall, that I love playing. I just there's a Houston, I, the whole thing. The mayor, Tim Boyd of Colorado City, Texas. The day right afterwards, right after the shit hits the fan. And people are just fucked on levels that I couldn't imagine in this country. Not unless there was a, a tornado or something. You know, not, not from an electric company. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Not, and maybe for a day, I mean, we've thought, stop. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. Are you, what do you mean? It's it's not the local government's responsibility. It's not to support you, it's to fucking help you. What is the local government supposed to do, huh? Just kind of go, okay, well, there's a pothole there. 
We're going to, we'll call you up and tell you it's there. Be sure to miss it. Unbelievable. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. The city and the county, well, then what do you got a job for? Why do we pay you? What do we have a power provider? Of course you owe. Money was sent to you in good faith that the goddamn energy would be provided for. What? I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. It's fucking heat, asshole. Not a handout. <laughs> God damn it. This is beyond. Put them all in a room together and, and get them all straight jackets. Really? But this is, the, if you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. I couldn't do it. No. Huh? Come up with a game plan called what? Rub two sticks together? You shove one up your ass? Huh? If you have no water, you deal with it without. You deal without and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. What, what, what are you supposed to do? Walk around with a dousing rod out back? What? What planet are you talking about? Huh? It's like if you don't, it's like if we dropped you on Mars, you better find water. You fucking idiot. Nobody's prepared for this kind of shit. What are you, a survivalist? What are you? If you were sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy, it's the direct result of your raising. And there we see. What we're talking, raising. You're raising? No, it's the, it's the direct result of your, the way you were born and raised, which has nothing to do with being lazy. It has to do with um, uh, if you have no power and it's really cold and you've got no water, what was it you're supposed to do to create the power? Are you supposed to um, go outside and create a dam in your backyard? Huh? Were you supposed to have something set up in the basement? What if you couldn't afford a generator probably like you've got because you thought that maybe somebody was going to come and take your guns away in the the middle of the night so you want to be sure to, in case there was uh, an energy letdown, you'd always have the the lights could go on and you could keep your guns. I, I don't, shouldn't go there. Only the strong will survive, said Mayor Tim, and the weak will perish, W E K. Only the strong will survive. And the week, yeah, the week will perish, all right. The whole week, gone for a lot of people. Nobody's weak because they don't know what to do when they're fucking faced with what is a major fucking catastrophe. That the whole world looks at, Tim. The whole goddamn world and goes, that's America? What the fuck's going on? That's what I did. Empathy. It's a really important thing, okay? A lot of the times... It takes a stronger person to be empathetic, all right, and to look at the pain of others and to absorb it than to ignore that pain. There's no strength in that, Tim, not when people are getting fucked. Okay. God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. Not me. I don't have those fucking tools. Sadly, the product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few work and others will become dependent for hand. Okay, I'm done. Socialist government. It's not a socialist government. Okay? Forget it. And then he retired the next day. (laughs) I guess God knows where he fled to. 
But I'm sure the people who listen went, Barbara, you really nailed it right on the head. Meanwhile, the leader uh, has to show the tax forms. That's something, huh? Finally, he's got to give up his taxes. Only took forever. That ought to be a, uh, and it seriously should be a part of the uh, Constitution, or it ought to be in certainly a law that's passed. That uh, somebody wants to run to be the president of the United States, you show your all of them, whatever position you want, whatever position you want in terms of government on any level, you show your fucking tax forms. Okay, that's it. Because it's that simple. Because watch out, folks. We in New York, maybe we're wrong, but we in New York believe from the very beginning that. That was a lot of us believed that that was what was going to nail him is what's in those taxes. We've always thought he's been crooked before Michael Cohen showed up, before a lot of this showed up, because a lot of stuff here was truly shady. You didn't notice because you were too busy going, you're fired. Oh, he's so something in me. He talks just like me. Yes, sir, Bob. He allowed you to say whatever the fuck was on your mind. And that's fine in your home. I won't go there today. Too busy, too many things. I gotta fix my grid. I gotta make a uh, make a dam in the background and in my backyard that I don't have. Maybe uh, find some beavers <laughs> to to work on making a dam for me. I'll have to go to Jersey into the woods. For those of you who are worried about what's coming, here's what's coming. Uh, QAnon folks are convinced that our leader will be sworn back into office on March fourth. That's next week. So if you don't hear from me, it just means that we've got a new we've got a new leader. President Biden was just there for you know letting him get some rest after his you know COVID episode. That's re- really why he wasn't able to get the work done, and now he's going to be able to come back and do it. Wow, QAnon! Oh boy! Finally, the whole world is insane not just us, the uh, organizers of the rescheduled Tokyo Olympics announced that it will ban hugs, good, high fives, and other unnecessary forms of physical contact this summer. Got it? But, and here's the kicker, here comes the punchline, they will distribute 150,000 free condoms to residents of the Olympic Village. Whatever you do while you're fucking, don't be high-fiving. <laughs> wow. And so now, oddly enough, we got places to go today. We're rolling into, and this is this was not done on purpose. It is totally synchronicity. The Rantcast takes us into Houston, Texas. This was on January 18th of 2020. Uh, wow. I love Houston. It's where I, I really kind of went from from theater into stand-up, where I had a production and uh, and a really nice time there with uh, my friends uh, when we did um, Bizarre Rock and Roll. My late great friend Rusty McGee wrote the music, and Rand Forrester was the director. We sat around in a in a wonderful ice house there. It was great, even though the experience at the Alley Theater was not great. But working with the actors, ninety percent of the actors, we had one there. I was still would. It, I always love working theater. And that was a real opportunity for us. And it, it certainly taught me the lesson. Get the fuck out of there. And let's do some stand-up. And that's worked out okay, I think. 
I got to work at the lab stop in Houston, where down the street is the Starbucks across from the Starbucks, across from what became another Starbucks. And and so that weekend we rolled into um, the Cullen Hall. That was the first time we played the Cullen Performance Hall, which is on the campus of the University of Houston. It wasn't like playing a college campus, though, in the sense of it wasn't a real college show. It was more like a performing arts center, great theater. Normally we were playing a uh, playing inside of a, a giant, uh, like an airline terminal, like uh, where they keep a plane, like five planes you could keep in there. And I just always thought it was too big and it, and I was never really comfortable in there, and uh, but it was where folks went to see comics. And I thought I'd buck the system. Let's get out of there. Let's see if there's somewhere else to play. Well, they didn't. We didn't. We we had a smaller audience because folks didn't go to Cullen Hall to see a show, and we couldn't draw them out there. But I still had a great time, and we got to eat some of the stuff that we picked up at Mary Mahoney's in Biloxi the week before, a little etouffee and gumbo, and a nice theater once again, just a really nice theater. That was it. I think you're going to enjoy these rants we got out of Houston. They were good. And, and we got some really great new rants. And we've got some people are really expanding the horizons. They're going beyond rants now. So if you, whatever he's got, whatever's on your mind, if you've got something that you've written, you want to share it, send it in. If it works, I'll send it right back out to you. We'll get it out here on the air or whatever you call it, a rant cast podcast, whatever the fuck this is cast. But, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always, to, to get all of these rants. It really is a joy to be able to read them. I thank you all for sharing. I really do hope that it makes your day in a way to listen to me rattle on and that I help uh, distract you a little from the insanity because you really uh, have no idea how much it helps me to be able to sit here and just uh, bellow like a lunatic, and especially when uh, you've given me the words. Those mean the world to me. We take care of each other. We'll see you next week. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is the Warren McCall rant. A few weeks ago, you called for new amendments to the Constitution, so I would like to add mine for consideration. Be it resolved that not one state, I'm looking at you, Kentucky, can have so much fucking power over what gets done or doesn't get goddamn done in Washington. And here's a fable to explain. Once upon a time, well, that being the last 12 years ago or so, People all over the land watched in horror as a creature previously thought to be your run-of-the-mill fuck-faced politician grew into the fucking Hercules of hypocrisy. From humble beginnings, this crustacean began life-blocking everything in its path, shitting on anyone who got in its way. Block this, deny that, kill this bill. Oh, wouldn't this dipshit make a good Supreme Court justice? Nothing was too tame to pass by this goddamn asshole. And nothing stopped this Hulk Hogan of the Senate with a thirst for power that would never be quenched. Now it came to pass that the government wanted to provide tax relief to the minions, which was fine with our son-of-a-bitch protagonist so long as your income had at least nine fucking digits past the decimal point, and on it went, through a global pandemic, doling out breadcrumbs to the starving, until one day, one day, this fucker hit the jackpot. A jackpot that we, the people, lowly though we may be, can only stand in awe and wonder. He decreed that because the house, a house where he would only come out of his shell when the fucking television cameras were on, was closed, this cantankerous cockle announced he could not possibly entertain the article of impeachment against the country's leader. And then, Jesus Christ, not more than seven days later, when his chamber was open again, he, goddammit, he says, well, fuck, we obviously can't convict him now. He's gone to Florida to play golf. What the actual fuck? If there is a trophy for being the biggest single fucking master of hypocrisy, this son of a bitch deserves it. And so my amendment to the Constitution reads the majority leader in the U.S. Senate, a position of great esteem and privilege, shall only have the power to open and close the lights to the chamber and can leave to other senators when they need to go potty. No more having one fuckface from a single state having the goddamn power to shit all over the place because they can. That's a very... (laughs) I really like that. I think that's true. The whole time he was... There just is that whole thing of the Speaker of the House. There's this level of bullshit there. Unless you're Tom Brady, fuck. Thank you, Warren. This is uh, not a rant. It comes to us from Francis Rosicote, or Rosicot. It's a review uh, that she found, or she wrote, I don't know, about um, 55 gallons of personal lubricant. It becomes very clear very quickly. 
I'm a risk analyst for a major insurance firm, so when my wife and I were planning a birthday party for our seven-year-old, Crispin, my mind naturally turned to liabilities. We'd settled on the theme of a backyard carnival, complete with a swing set, a trampoline, merry-go-round, and a giant slip-and-slide. So I carefully inspected the equipment for safety. It all seemed sound. We have a home on a bluff overlooking the ocean. As it happened, on the day of the party, our neighbors were trimming their ficus trees. We heard the sound of their wood chipper buzzing occasionally from the other side of our tall hedge. It was a little irritating, but not disruptive. Party started off wonderfully. The clown we'd hired made balloon animals. Crispin eagerly opened his presents, and all the children enjoyed cake and fruit punch. The weather was mild, the skies clear. It seemed like a perfect day. Then we brought out the slip and slide. The problem with water slides is what we in the trade call distributed water deficiency zones, or in layman's terms, dry spots. If a child hits one of these, it can put the brakes on the fun and send them sliding down a path of medical claims. Contusions, concussions, lacerations, abrasions, whiplash, back rash, and disc impaction. <laughs> disc impaction. And that's just for starters. From there, it's a slippery slope toward major litigation. To avoid even the remote possibility of such injuries, I invested in this 55-gallon drum of water-soluble personal lubricant. The idea being that the children could enjoy the slide in complete safety, then wash off in the hose before their parents came to retrieve them. With that in mind, I dipped each child into the vat before allowing them to queue up for the slide. The slip and slide itself performed admirably, as did the lubricant. That, in fact, was the problem. Due to the slight downhill gradient of our yard, the children built up so much speed that they skidded across the lawn and into a retaining wall at the other end of our property with sufficient force that I had to put an end to the activity. I endeavored to roll up the mat. No easy task, as the lawn surrounding the slide was itself now lubricated. And I struggled to maintain my footing. When I looked up from my labor, I grasped for the first time the scope of the liabilities I'd unleashed. A horde of extremely well-lubricated seven-year-olds hyped up on sugar and desperate for fun. I saw young Eliza Gimmelman climb onto the trampoline. She began jumping, but the pad soon became so slick that she lost all control. Her wild flailing, unfortunately, fell into harmonic synchronization with the motion of the springs, propelling her even higher until she soared above the trampoline safety enclosure, over the hedge, and into the neighbor's yard. There came a ghastly grinding sound, and I could tell from the crimson bloom that followed it would be a total loss. Twins Jeremy and Mason Lafferty were on the swing set. Having attained the swing's full range of motion, they were apparently having difficulty holding on. At that point, the swings became human catapults. Mason separated on the backswing, arcing over the roof of our home toward the street beyond. I surmised from the screeching tires, carnivores, and screams of horror that he also was unrecoverable. The terrified Jeremy soon lost his grip as well, sailing forward over the bluff. 
and plummeting 300 feet down in the ice-cold, shark-infested waters of the San Francisco Bay. An open claim, but not promising. The rest of the children were clinging to the merry-go-round, having just witnessed the violent deaths of at least two of their playmates. <laughs> they were no longer in the mood for fun. However, the lubricant had dripped from their glistening bodies into the central cog, allowing it to spin far faster than it was designed to. And this, likely combined with other factors, their relative weight distribution, the slight incline of the ground, caused their motion to become self-sustaining. And the centrifugal force built upon itself until they became a blurry, screaming disk of human suffering. And then they began to fly off like cannonballs. Martin Duckworth was the first to go, causing significant structural damage to our greenhouse. Lisa Aurelio shattered a line of ceramic garden gnomes. And Ethan Green slammed into our Audi Q7 so hard it had to be written off, as tragically did he. Several other children left what looked like gingerbread man indentations into the siding of our home. It was terrifying. When the wheel finally came to a stop, there was only one child aboard, as luck would have it. It was our own beloved Crispin. Huddled in the center of the merry-go-round weeping, my wife ran to him and hugged him with all the might of a relieved, traumatized parent. A little too hard, as it turned out, lubricated as he was, he shot from her arms like a wet bar of soap up 15 feet in the air, landed on the trampoline, and then soared in a half-gainer over the hedge into the wood chipper. Since then, I've asked myself a thousand times, is there anything I could have done differently? But in the end, no actuary table could have predicted this bloodbath. I can only conclude that this was an act of God. And that, to me, is truly terrifying because we're not covered for that. Francis, I don't know where you found this. I have no idea if you wrote it. It is uh, that it's a spectacular piece of fiction. Whew. Not a rant, but boy, certainly has the qualities of a. It's so be like I can't even say. Wow, thank you. That's what you say. Thank you, Francis. Here we have a rant from Jeff Beatty, an old school rant, really, with a new twist. I had the privilege of living in Garland, a suburb of Dallas in the great state of Texas. I'm here to tell you driving around the Dallas area can be quite an adventure. The other day I was cleaning out my car. I was outside the driver's side door picking up all the shit on the floorboard. I raised up and my head hit this stick thing on the left side of the steering column. I heard a click and then a Tick, 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 tick. What the fuck, I thought. I looked up on the dashboard and there was this little green arrow flashing and pointing to the right. Holy shit. I got up and walked around the car. To my utter amazement, the lights on both the front and the rear of the car on the right side were flashing. What sorcery is that, I asked myself. Being adventurous, but with some small amount of dread, I went back to the driver's side door and pushed the stick thing down. The arrows on the dashboard went out, and the ticking stopped. 
dare I? You're fucking right, I dare. I reached out and pushed the stick down. Click. Now the dashboard had a little green arrow flashing to the left. And sure as shit, the lights front and back were flashing on the left side of the car. Holy shit. I wonder if anyone else knows about this. Just think. You could use this amazing stick thing to let people know if you were going to turn right or left or even if you were on the highway and wanted to change lanes. It appears to me in my driving adventures that not too many drivers are aware of this marvelous device. Either that or they just ran out of fucking blinker fluid. Jeff, I just hope that you're doing well, your family's doing well, your your friends are doing well, and that uh, you've come through this and that you're able to straighten out the uh, assholes who put you guys in this situation. Uh, I read this because uh, I did think it was funny, and also because I thought it might it might make you smile a little to put things in perspective for sure, but uh, and to remember better times. Uh, when it was just that little stick on the end of the the steering column and not the the big stick that's being wielded by idiots from time to time. Take care of yourself, okay? And here's to them straightening it out. I'm doing hope everything's going well. Thanks for the rant. Here is a rant in, I guess, three codas. Could we say that? From Evan Williams. I have a few points I'd like to cover. The word patriot, miraculous rediscovery of the dodo bird, and third, cancel culture. To give you context, I'm a mid-30s white male currently exiled in Florida. I've also traditionally voted Republican, but consider myself a centrist, as I do believe in progressive social issues. My job in society right now is basically to shut my fucking mouth. I hope we can make an exception for this. Oh, yes, we shall, Evan. People using the word patriot. Fucking stop. Trump ruined it. I'm really hoping that Mel Gibson sues him for defamation. Someone recently called me a patriot because I served in combat in Afghanistan, and I felt like they put a MAGA hat on me and signed me up for a militia. It is now going to be associated with all those brainwashed fuckwits that tried to prevent the certification of votes. Isn't there a word for that? Oh, yeah. Seditionists. I mean, come on, people. I don't give a flying fuck how annoyed you were with the media blaring the progressive message. I got sick of hearing it, too. I assume that is why you voted for Trump. And that makes sense. And that is the fault of the media overemphasizing it. January 6th, the partisanship and the hate, that is your fucking fault. Whatever facts you have to prove me wrong are not sufficient. You fuckheads are shitting on everyone who sacrificed their lives for this country. You don't think that is fair? Well, go ahead and see if isolationism and divisiveness are a theme in Reagan's we must fight speech. The better read than dead part now applies to you. A more interesting topic now. Scientists have recently discovered the last living flock of dodo birds. The miraculous reemergence was found, strangely enough, at Capitol Hill. 
The dodo seemed to have replaced the Republican Party over the last four years. Zoologists are mesmerized at the bird's ability to wear two-piece suits, stating it is an amazing evolutional event. However, the birds still have not developed extended brain function, nor have they developed any means of complex communication. Lewis, this is the only possible explanation I have for this. These people have lost all sense of reality. I'm pretty sure if you held up a container of orange juice, they would confidently tell you that it is a ballot machine. They would probably have facts to support it, too. A few prominent dodo birds. Josh Hawley, please, shut the fuck up! No one is censuring you. You're just sick and tired of hearing your shit. Stop playing Scrabble with the Constitution. If anyone is studying time travel, then let me know, and I will donate money in hopes of bringing Benjamin Franklin here to make Hawley write it a thousand times on the chalkboard. You are disgracing the very thing you were lauded for by your professors that have now disowned you. Glad you peaked in college, though. Ted Cruz, just rewatch your footage from your campaign. Is Trump holding your dog hostage? What the fuck happened? McConnell, you should go into directing dramatic films. It is like you're getting ready to make a movie. Please stop waiting for the climax and fucking tell the American people what you think before people make decisions. Rubio, you're my senator. It sounds like they already want to run against you. I am literally at houses in other states because of this. Marjorie, (laughs) you know the lady. Pretty sure you gave out free crystal meth at your rallies. Your claim to fame locally was CrossFit. I'm going to guess you have a thing for pumpkin spice lattes. People, she is literally that person that opens a conversation with how she does CrossFit. Also, since when does the Republican base vote for someone in some kind of deceptive love triangle? Didn't they impeach Clint? I'm not even fucking going to go there. Keep being a batshit Looney Tunes crazy patriot. By the way, Kinzinger keeps destroying you with one-liners on Twitter. I voted Republican for many years, not the past two. For the Trump base, have you ever had a boss that never listens to you? Does shit go wrong when he doesn't listen to you? Do they then blame you? That is literally Donald Trump. He has refused to listen to experts, and when they don't tell him exactly what he wants to hear, he fires them. Is that the type of leader you want to follow? That is like a machinist telling their supervisor that something is dangerous. They tell you that you will lose your job if you don't. You get your thumb cut off, they blame you. Tell all your co-workers how stupid you are and then fire you. I don't know what is going through their heads, but I can only imagine that they are imagining him as He-Man fighting off endless waves of anti-gun bills. No one is going to take your guns. The most likely course of action is that there will be an increase in background checks. If you disagree with that, You are the problem. Lastly, I'd like to cover cancel culture. First off, can we agree how annoying that phrase is? 
it fits right in with Marjorie's CrossFit slash love triangle lifestyle. I'd like to hone in on what this phrase entails. Certain Republicans are claiming that their First Amendment rights are being denied because of their political beliefs. This is supposedly being done via social media platforms, the media, and even major companies. Oh my God, can you believe this? Yeah, I can believe it. It isn't them disrespecting your First Amendment rights. It is just that no one wants to listen to you. Let's all participate in an exercise. I want you to imagine yourself in a classroom. You wanted to sit in the back, but other people got there first, so you sit in the middle. The reading assignment was the first four pages of Beowulf, which you, of course, got about a quarter of the way through before saying, eh, fuck this. In front of the classroom, there are two students eager to discuss their opinions on the text. Let's call them Marjorie and Josh. Every time the teacher asks a question, they raise their hand. The teacher calls on Josh. He provides a five-minute explanation of how the text displays hints of Freudian psychology. Interesting thoughts, Josh. The teacher then clarifies that she was looking for a simple synopsis. Marjorie fires her hand up. I don't think that Beowulf exists and that Grendel thing is actually a toaster. In parentheses, he writes, that was intentionally weird. Imagine this happening for most of the week and visualize a time lapse of the teacher's face every time they raise their hand. Now, did the teacher stop calling on them at some point? Yeah, you bet your goddamn ass she did. That is what is happening. Just as you have a right to free speech, we all have a right to not listen to your horseshit. On top of that, if you're an elected official and are promoting blatant lies based on cherry-picked analytics, you should be muted. The majority of your data from the election around bellwether counties and mail-in ballots grossly failed hypothesis testing. I could have told you that when I was a freshman in college at a state school. You can't build statistical models off of garbage assumptions. Why are they doing this? Because they don't like the answers the experts gave them. So they have an intern do it. Don't believe me? Look it up. Last point for all those men and women I served with, Donald Trump called John McCain a loser because he was captured in Vietnam. Mattis publicly denounced him when resigning. He left the Kurds to die. How can you believe that he cares about us? Also, the KGB thought he was a prime target to convince to push anti-NATO media. And this was based on their analysis of his narcissism and inflated status. So they took him to dinner and said, you're great. You should write about your views and get into politics. Guess what? Supreme Orange leader Caligula did. Upon his return from Moscow, he published an article called U.S. Should Stop Paying to Defend Countries That Can't Defend Themselves. It wasn't even intentional. They just got him going on an idea, told him how handsome he looked in his picture day outfit, and sent him on his way. Evan Williams. <laughs> and I think, I think he cut himself short. Nicely done, Evan. Uh, I hope that helped. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable times. Good luck in Florida. This is from Paco Master. Here's his rant. Hey, Lewis, I wonder if you could help me out figuring one thing. 
What is it with loyalties toward companies? Hmm? I mean, seriously, people buying stuff from only a few selected companies and ranting that everyone else's are so bad. All I see are businesses making profits out of gullible people all day long. What is it that they see? Does their CEO come over to their home sucking their dick every morning? Am I missing something? Apple, Samsung, Google, whatever. They never gave me such an offer. Where can I sign? I don't know, Paco. There'd be a a line, (laughs) I'm sure. Probably longer than the vaccine line. Certainly as long. Thank you. Uh, This rant is from Sarah Friedman. She's asked me to actually insert the expletives for her. I don't know if that means, Sarah, that you don't swear or you felt I would do a better job at swearing, but I'm going to let your uh, yelling times just speak for itself. And occasionally I'll throw in one or two. I did like the fact that you would use ampersands and all sorts of things to, to, to get your point across. It's too bad I couldn't flash these across. I could if it was, a, you know, if we were doing it with a video, but that's obvious. All right, Sarah, I, let me get to this. It's too good to keep from the folks. The story I'm about to relate encapsulates the fragmentation that is dragging humanity into the sewer. I ordered a gift for my husband's birthday. From a woodworking website, oh, one day soon after, I went out to get the mail. The postal deliverer was busy writing something while at the box, so I thought I'd I'd be considerate and not disturb her. And that was my first fucking mistake. When I retrieved the mail, one of the items was a tiny form indicating that a package could not be delivered. I would need to go to the main post office branch to retrieve it. How odd, I thought. She didn't even get out of her truck to see if anyone was home. It usually happens if there's a package and an issue with the delivery. Hmm. This was my next clue that I was screwed. So I head over to my local post office branch the next day where I wait in line. Forever with people, including postal workers who don't know how to properly wear a goddamn face mask. And when I reach the front of the line, I hand over the tiny form, politely explain that a package is waiting for me, and point out that the mail carry was a miss in not getting out of her vehicle to see if someone was home so we could have resolved this issue with a minimum expenditure of time and energy. Well, it's too late for that now, isn't it? The woman on the other side of the desk goes looking for my package. She cannot find it. She enlists others in the back to help her. They can't find it either. After a long hunt and much scratching of heads, they locate my package in some obscure nook. The package was indeed my husband's birthday present. It had been mailed via FedEx. Instead of walking up to the front door and leaving it on the porch, the FedEx driver stuck it in the mailbox. FedEx is not supposed to put any package in a mailbox. If they do, the U.S. Postal Service is within its rights to charge postage to the recipient of the fucking package. My package had a postage due of $7.82, and this was in addition 
the FedEx shipping I'd already paid to the website from which I ordered this item. I was incredulous. The counter agent was apologetic, but not able to do anything. The manager I asked for also couldn't do anything. So I paid this blood money so I could give my spouse a birthday present on his actual birthday. And this was my next mistake. You would think this was the end of this unfortunate odyssey, <laughs> but you would be wrong. This was only the beginning, Lewis. You see, I'm the kind of person who as a child was always duped by my brothers who would say, you better go. Mom is calling you to get me out of their hair. She was never calling me. And I, an adoring little sister, never thought they would lie to me. After 50 years, I still have an idiot's faith in the good intentions of everyone. It's a miracle I'm not dead, homeless, or continually brutalized with this stupid fucking attitude towards life. I didn't mind paying the $7.82 because I was sure the proprietor of this website would refund this cost. <laughs> well, after all, he would be the person who had the shipping account with FedEx and could request a refund from them for the poor servicing of his account. I am so <sighs> naive. When I called the proprietor of the website, he was most unpleasant and quite rude. He was astounded that I thought he had any responsibility in this matter whatsoever. He told me flat out that I was stupid for paying the post office. Now I'm so, <laughs> so angry, I almost explode. Yes, I should have refused the, the item and sent it back and gotten a full refund for this preacher shit fiasco, but I didn't. Now, did I? Now, I could go on to detail the calls to the local post office to speak with another manager. The complaint I filed uh, on the National Postal Service website, the call to the local FedEx facility, the call to the National FedEx complaint line, the scathing review I left on the woodworking website. And the only thing I could actually do, lodge a complaint against the... <sighs> there are no words for this, okay? There are no words for this, that, 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 that FedEx driver who was too lazy to walk 100 feet to put a package on my doorstep as he was supposed to do. Lazy doesn't even begin to describe it. In the end, the post office is within its legal rights to charge postage due on any package left in a mailbox that was not sent through the U.S. Postal Service. No one at FedEx, however, had ever heard of the post office actually doing this to a FedEx package. Lewis, I'm a seasonal worker, and if I were to put my regularly hourly rate on the time I spent trying to make this situation right, it would have cost me approximately, this is unbelievable, $320. And that doesn't include the days it took attempting to contact the right person or agency or the risk of catching COVID-19 while standing in line with people who can't understand how to properly wear a mask. That's right, Lewis. I spent $320 trying to reclaim the injustice of having to spend $7.82. And no redress could be made. And guess what happened when my husband opened this now very expensive gift? He lifted out of the container 
and it was busted. So much went wrong. My misplaced politeness at not interrupting the postal deliverer at my mailbox when I could have prevented her from taking the package from my mailbox in the first place. My unfounded faith in paying the postage due, thinking I would be reimbursed instead of refusing the package. My parsifal level idiocy in expecting someone at a monolithic organization to fix this all interacting with the inability for one company to talk to another for any reason whatsoever. Well, Lewis, how is it that humanity has not killed itself off yet? I don't have a good code for the story. Oh, wait, is that my mother calling? She's long dead, but I better go check. Take care. Sarah Friedman, a wonderful coda. <laughs> How is it that humanity has not killed itself off yet <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic? Wow. Sarah, wow. But we all kind of go down. We, I do it. I think we've all done it. It's just that. It's those rabbit holes. I don't know if at another time you might have. At times like this, it becomes like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this done. I'm this. I'm going to get it done. This is the way it should be done. It's going to be set right because nothing is right. So you try to get whatever minimal thing right you can get right. And then they fuck you in the end. I'm sorry, Sarah. But thanks for sharing. This comes to us from James Doyle. Just because you don't laugh doesn't mean it isn't funny, you sourpuss fuck. Greetings, Lou, from Minnesota. It's February, and since I know you love our cheese dick neighbors so much, I'm sure you're well aware how cold it gets up here. So cold that me, a mild-mannered Midwesterner, needs a chuckle every now and then to shake the fucking ice loose from my balls. I'm blessed to have a broad sense of humor. Everything from knock-knock to the dark and crude. But someone I know doesn't share my sentiment for all things comedy. Just because you don't think something is funny doesn't mean I can't enjoy it, and vice versa. I don't laugh when people describe their shits or their latest sex capade, but guess what? They are enjoying themselves. And if you try to take away someone else's joy and they're not hurting anyone, then fuck you. Who the fuck are you to say, hey, that doesn't make me laugh? Stop it. Prissy, overly sensitive maniacs that feel like they need to inject every scenario with their opinions rather than tune the fuck out in an effort to make some cold fuck like me feel bad for giggling at a dirty joke deserves to shit their pants in rush hour traffic. I promise I won't laugh. I hope you read this and maybe even enjoy it. If you don't, then sincerely, up your ass with broken glass. <laughs> and then a, a wonderful ending, hugs and kisses, James from Minnesota. You nailed it, James. Comedy is subjective. If one person thinks it's funny, another person doesn't think it's funny. And uh, what that person uh, thinks is funny, you may not think is funny. It's the way it is. It's subjective. Hopefully, maybe after... A, we all get back together. We all laugh at a lot of other things together much more than we did before. I, I hope so. I think we will for a while. 
till we go, uh, fuck you too. Lynn Rosen sent in this rant. <laughs> my rant is about my son. Why does he resist taking a fucking shower? It's not like he's afraid of water. He will have some sort of allergic reaction to water like Elphaba from The Wizard of Oz. In fact, if he has the chance to jump into any body of water, in normal circumstances, he does. For example, on a family trip to Florida and visits to the required mouse-related theme parks when he was seven, he wanted to skip all the theme parks to go back to the hotel to swim. Screw you, Mom and Dad, for mortgaging our house to buy tickets to the mouse. I want to swim. When he does finally get into the shower, he uses the most vile, smelling bathing lotions. They are so fucking disgusting. The bathroom often smells like a damp muskox who's in heat. And I think, is it better to have him just stink or be clean and stink like a muskox in heat? If it wasn't for the shitty pandemic, he might have more motivation to bathe since he would be going to school and doing normal 13-year-old boy things. But no, we are all stuck at home. Stuck with the stink. Uh, well, Lynn, <laughs> wow. This is when you think, <laughs> maybe you should just order some other bath thing or something. something that makes more sense. Hide it from him. Tell him you threw it out. You didn't know what it was. Oh, boy. Good luck with the stink, Lynn. <laughs> Take care. We are coming to you live tonight from the Cullen Performing Arts Center at the University of Houston in Houston, Texas. I think I neglected to mention this last night, but uh, we've been uh, doing these rants. This last night was our 400th uh, rant that we've done. And, uh, James Salkind, who's out there somewhere, and Ben Brewer, the ones who kind of put it together. Ben was able to figure out how, what we would need to do it. We have literally uh, two cameras that send this out, and James hooks us up back there. Uh, he's the computer whiz, and he hooks us up with a satellite. And then people, and then we're doing this, and it goes out for, for free tonight. And then next week, it will be appear on the website uh, for free, and then we store it in um, uh, the... For so the fuck you members, that's my fan club, can um, have access to the, what is essentially 100 hours of, of uh, the rants and the questions and everything else that people have been sending in for about four years now. And, uh, and then people, we're, we've got, you know, we're back, we're, we're doing this in, on the, literally, uh, God knows how we're doing this, but he's back there with all of this. And then people go, how come the fucking thing didn't work tonight, you bastards? Because we've got like a suitcase with a fucking thing that's pointing at a satellite. You fuck, what the fuck do you want from us? So uh, I just want to thank everyone who has contributed to those 400 episodes because it's been a pleasure to do them. And uh, I love reading. Stuff. Houston, Texas, it, 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 for those of you who know my work know, is the place that I uh, discovered the end of the universe, which became a, a, a CD. 
a CD that I did, and it became a short Comedy Central special, and it was, uh, I discovered it uh, one of the great places that I got to play in my course of really kind of becoming a, uh, and growing up as a stand-up, really, was, uh, was the last stop here in Houston, and um, it was a great... Really a great, great room, uh, and uh, which spawned comics, an endless stream of truly great comics. And I left there one night and was, uh, was going to get something to eat and literally drove by a, a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. And people have always asked, you know, how do you create your bits? And I literally walked in that night after seeing that, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And I went in and just started screaming at the audience about it. I said, what the fuck is the matter with you people? How much fucking coffee do you need? And the first time I did it, I was just ranting and raving. And over the course of six nights performing there, I was able to uh, to turn it into a bit that eventually I was... I, I rarely had like a... And I really set out to do it. I really had five minutes that I could do as a, as a piece that you would see on a... Uh, on uh, like... Um, like, uh, you know, the Seth Meyers show or, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert's or any of the, the shows that were, were on. And, I, and that was, I, I honed it and honed it and honed it. And I really owe it to uh, the fact that some, two, some idiots built a Starbucks across from a Starbucks. <laughs> and, uh, so we'll start with this. Uh, also, last night, I, I, I was remiss. There was, uh, last night, it, 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 there was, uh, there was literally, I read uh, two groups. There was ardent uh, people who just didn't like the president and people who loved the president. And so, that, you know, fuck this, fuck that son of a bitch, fuck, fuck Pelosi, fuck him, fuck that, fuck this, fuck that. Back and forth. I read about 10 of them in a row. There was eat shit and die, kiss my dick. <laughs> Literally. And I went, you know, here's what's wrong, you fucking morons. And, uh, and I said, you know, that uh, what I said, I, I said some things, and one of the things that I really miss saying was is, uh, part of the... Pr- Part of the problem is is that uh, the, the is is that what is what the leader has done at this point is allowed uh, a kind of a language to be spoken in in part by by both sides. You know that. Uh, that's, you know, for, for him to, if, if, if it's true, and then we can get into that, but it seems to be that when you call the, call the generals in our country uh, bozos and uh, liars or whatever the hell, he call them bozos. The, the generals. The generals. The generals. The generals! Okay, you're the president. You just don't do that. Okay? And you didn't serve? Are you shitting me? I was on a, I was, I did three uh, USO tours of Iraq and Afghanistan during the war. And, um, and I spent a lot of time with uh, Admiral Mullen, uh, who was a remarkable man. And I spent a lot of time with a lot of generals. Uh, they're not bozos. They're not idiots. You, you know, you don't, you don't defame the name of John McCain. You don't scream about Mexicans being rapists. (laughs) 
You, that's, it's called, you're the president, um, so you have to act in a certain way. And it is, it, it's called, uh, you know, the, 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 the rule, I think, is because you chose to be the president, you don't get to say certain things. And that's called Tufsky Shitsky. <laughs> And the reason you don't get to say it is because children are listening. And when the president lies, you know, it has an effect on children. And you can talk about all the other stuff you want, but the lying is, is unbelievable. And the fact that neither the Republicans or the Democrats have really found a way to truly deal with it and control it is beyond belief. The fact that he doesn't have a sense of history, that I've watched him in front of people who went to Yale and Princeton and other Ivy League schools and all of these hot shit places, and he would say something that was completely historically inaccurate, and they sit there and go, and nothing, say nothing. Don't correct him, because he's what, the president? Fuck you, grow up. And nothing I said there was political. Nothing. So don't write in and go, click, 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 click. I don't want to hear it. There's nothing political about that. Not a goddamn thing. It's what an adult would say to a child. Thank you very much for punctuating it. All right. So starting with Scott Watkins, the bartenders at the University of Houston, Cullen Hall, don't take credit, only cash. What's that about? That's because they skim. I used to bartend. Fuck you and your credit card. Yeah, we sold six drinks. <laughs> this is from Abby, who's here tonight to the bartender that does not know how to make a rum and coke. It's two ingredients, rum and coke. And what I just spoke about, here's, here's what it creates a problem. This is from Jay Arredondo, who's in the audience. Arredondo, I think I pronounced that correctly. White conservative women have really been emboldened to express how they feel about people like me lately. I'm a Hispanic male. If I pass in front of one, I get, excuse you. Or if I walk through a door being held open, there's, you're welcome, before I can say thank you. These hags are usually accompanied by a dude bro ready for any excuse to punch someone like me. What can I do? No, you don't, that doesn't help. No, what you do, I think, is dress up like a matador. That'll... I think, and carry one of those, I think it's a bandolero, carry a sword on the side. You don't even have to have the sword out, it could just be the thing that looks like you're carrying a sword. You wear that hat and fucking wander around in that red outfit, nobody is going to fuck with you. And you know what? Wear a, you know what you wear around your neck? You wear two bull's ears and maybe a bull's cock, that'll shut them up. <laughs> Why the f this is Jeffrey Reich Hale. Um, why the fuck do people in Houston drive in the right lane of a three to four lane highway? It's for getting on and off at exits only, stupid fucks. I, w 
I will say, uh, of all, this is the first time in the history of doing this, 400 episodes, where anyone, everyone always talks about the left lane. This is the first city where there's been a complaint about the right lane. So I'm very, uh, see, we, every night there's a breakthrough. And then following this is Greta Oliver. I'm morally convinced World War III will start on a Houston freeway during rush hour next to a construction site that's taken a six-lane highway down to two lanes. <laughs> These next three are just perfect. Um, this is Joe Keen. We're all disappointed in the Astros. How do we handle it? <laughs> Followed by Michael King. Enjoying the show with my son here tonight in Houston. Who gives a fuck if the Astros stole sides? <laughs> we, got, we got the World Series ring, so suck my balls, Yankees and Dodgers. I didn't hear trash cans get banged when Yuli went yard in game five off Pussy Kershaw. <laughs> that's really, see that's, uh, and then, see that's my, see I live in, uh, uh, I live in New York, but I hate, my level of hate for the Yankee far exceeds, me. don't, don't, you're not even close, okay? You don't, you don't know what it's like, okay? It's like being, it's, it, you know, it's like being in some sort of a prison camp in a foreign country. Seriously. Because all of my friends who are like born and raised, a lot of them are raised around New York and they fucking wear, they, they, you know, to sit, it's the middle of, you know, fucking February, they got a Yankee cap on. It just fucking, it just makes you sick. I mean, because I'm a fan of the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles who just, who, 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 who actually suck their own balls. <laughs> So, and I've, I've, I hate the Dodgers. So, uh, so when people say to me, what do you think about uh, the Houston doing that? I said, they beat the Yankees and the Dodgers. So fuck it. I don't care. If, they, if, if you'd beaten the team that I like, I might, have, I might have an argument. But no, these are the top two teams I hate. This is from Joseph Driscoll. This is nice. I'm a Bills fan. He's the one who applauded. Uh, living, living in Houston, spent the better part of a decade and a half complaining about Tom Brady and the Patriots cheating. Now my Astros have gotten caught doing the same thing. This is, uh, oh man. Trump administration, Marilyn Gerber, Trump administration, this, this always, this is, proposes changing school menus to allow more potatoes and pizza and fewer vegetables and f fruits because Michelle Obama had the audacity to say kids should eat more fruits and vegetables. Uh, it's unbelievable. Well, they're doing that with everything. I mean, it's everything. It's, it's everything. It's, is that a picture you're taking? That's good. That, no, do it again. Come on. No, it's, it, you're going to take it. you got to get one back like that. Um, it's just amazing. Well, you know, that, uh, that under the Reagan, during the Reagan era, they tried to make you, they tried to say that ketchup was a vegetable. And when somebody says that, you basically have to put them in a, in a fucking straitjacket and take them away. I mean it. 
You just have to take away, if they're a scientist, you take away their fucking degree, and then you lock them up in a place and go, uh, when you're ready to fucking realize that it's, and then you give them a lot of packets, and you throw it at them. Okay? Wow. So, uh, this is Dawn Carnicki. Uh, uh, that you're not Dawn, are you? Because if you are, you've transitioned nicely. <laughs> Online sites that know nothing about your beloved pet telling you the best food, medicine, no need for vaccines, feeding fucking grain-free bullshit that killing your pet with heart disease. Signed an angry vet who loves your pets. Just please listen to me instead of Dr. Google. Good for you. <laughs> See, the rest of them, they're, they're going to go back to Google. Hear that? No applause. No love for the vet. Fuck you. I can get free advice from Dr. Google. I'll just buy another dog. Fuck him. Yeah. I did my best. I'm sure in Tanzania they'll listen. This is James Reinhardt, who I've, is, I'll end with his. He's, uh, I, I believe I've read something by him before. Um, the New Year's finally upon us, and it's already looking up. The Patriots are out, the Red Sox and Astros are fucked, and we can potentially see the Cheeto-in-Chief go crunch. Um, unfortunately, what also comes is the big bullshit once-in-a-year chess move, the New Year's resolution. Two to one odds that your past resolutions have matched mine. Lose weight, eat right, go to the gym, quit smoking, and perhaps stop masturbating so much. <laughs> I have had zero success with any of these, with the exception of smoking. But I stopped because when my wife got pregnant, she threatened to cut off my balls if I continued to poison her or her unborn child. Needless to say, I did not wait until January to make that decision. <laughs> The worst thing is all the redundant advertising this time of, this time of year for LA Fitness, Chantix, home chef, home chef Delivery Service. But there's one in particular that annoys the living shit out of me. If I have to watch that goddamn tonal commercial one more time with that hot MILF working out in her multi-million dollar home with her new best friend, in parentheses, her on-screen virtual trainer, patting her brow while flexing her abs and muscles after her uninterrupted 40-minute workout, whereupon her eight-year-old in in vitro, god damn it, IVF child, in vitro fertilized child, fucking I fuck. You know what I mean, but I fucked it up. Comes prancing in with their golden retriever. I'm gonna locate their headquarters and throw stones at it. Bring that contraption and a camera crew to my house for how that shit would truly unfold. I start my workout within three minutes. Dad, I'm thirsty. Can I have some orange juice? Dad, I just spilled the orange juice on my iPad, so I'm gonna use yours. Dad, what's Pornhub? Dad, mom's home. The wife enters. Hey, sweetie, what's the plan this evening? Well, I'm actually feeling kind of stressed, so I thought we could order some pizza and wings. After that, I was thinking of grabbing my baseball bat from the Wonder Years and beating the shit out of my virtual trainer and the piece of shit apparatus that bitch is attached to. After that, I think I'll have a cigarette, and if you're not in the mood, I'm going to masturbate and cry myself to sleep. 
I'm sorry for being so selfish. How was your day? <laughs> this is the one that's and this kind of ends up the week here. And I think it uh, it's certainly something to be thought about. Last year, however, I did make a resolution that I did manage to keep. I needed to eliminate stress somehow. So I tried to identify what it was that stressed me out the most. And then it hit me. I'd stop reading the news. I just couldn't take it anymore. I already knew who I was voting for, at least who I wouldn't be voting for, so fuck it. I got rid of all the apps. I hate social media anyway, so it wasn't a big transition. The biggest obstacle was trying to find something else to occupy my time while I was taking a shit. <laughs> but that was cured by Tetris and Minesweeper. After a while, I didn't miss it, not one bit. Who knew that I had the power to shut the president up? I started to take walks, read books that I'd forgotten I had, started to write, call a friend once in a while instead of text, and I began to do something that I think a lot of us don't do enough of anymore. I actually think for myself and form my own opinions unsolicited by others. I just had my physical a month ago, and wouldn't you know it, this is the first in a long time that I've lost weight, exercised, started eating right, and because of that, my, my, my wife finds me more appealing. So I don't need to masturbate as much. <laughs> May the best days of 2019 be your worst of, 2000, of 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Houston. Take care. We'll be in Des Moines next week in Iowa City. Please try to catch us. And thank you all for everything you've written. I appreciate it. Take care of each other. And thanks for coming here to the Cullen tonight. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkind. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt, and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect 
instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. 